Hey, thanks for listening to the Berwyn AG Podcast. This podcast is a ministry of Christian Life Center in Berwyn, Illinois. Our goal is to create a real faith for the real world. We hope this podcast helps you grow closer to the Lord. For more information, you can visit our website, berwynag.org, or you can find us on all social media platforms at Berwyn AG. If you're blessed by what you hear today, be sure to share and subscribe. Thanks, and as always, God bless. Most people go through life without much spiritual awareness. It's kind of understandable that people are spiritually aware, uh, unaware rather, because we, we work 40 to 60 hours a week, you know, uh, trying to put food on the table, try to pay for the conveniences and the comforts that we have all around us, the uh, homes to pay our rent and our apartments to do the things that we we need to do in order to pay for the creature comforts that we have you know a vehicle to drive seems like those things get more expensive all the time we invest our remaining time with our family uh, soccer games baseball games ballet lessons swimming lessons art lessons all those kinds of things that we invest in to help our kids be who they are and uh, there's little time left over. Then a few of us, really, uh, increase, decreasing number of the population, they tell us, uh, carve out you know, an hour and a half or so a week to come and hear the Word of God and have it applied to our hearts. And uh, we honor the Word of God and honor God who made us in that, that time. And we, but for the most part, our world around us is spiritually unaware. Uh, we get religion when the doctor makes that funny face as he's looking at your test results or when uh, we lose a loved one or when we are really up against the wall. Then we, we sometimes will get religion and become a little more spiritually aware. Today I want to talk to you about our awareness of spiritual things. Mostly I want to talk to you today about our awareness of, of Easter and how we have that awareness, and how we're supposed to walk in that awareness. We walk through life spiritually unaware, and then, you know, somewhere along the line, God gets a hold of you. Somebody say, thank the Lord for that. Yeah, somehow God got a hold of you. You were as spiritually obtuse as the next guy. You were nothing special about you. And somehow, uh, there's seats up here in the front if you don't mind sitting up there. And uh, there's, and you're just as blind as a, a spiritual bat, and you can't figure it out. And then somehow the word of God pierces your heart and comes into you, and you are suddenly uh, your 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 life is changed. You become the way God does that is He makes you aware of your sin. How many of you are aware of your sin? Yeah, I mean, there's most of us are aware of our sin. I think we walk around in that sin aware awareness. And it's not hard to believe in sin. We see it. My wife and I were talking about how, you know, most of us go to the mall looking for a new shirt, you know, but uh, this guy in the news this week, he went to the mall looking for somebody to kill. 
There's no, no doubt about the evil in our world. The evil in our world is harsh. It is, is poisonous. It is there. It is real. And some of it even lives on the inside of us. So God comes to us when we are spiritually obtuse and we don't know anything about the Spirit. We're unaware of spiritual things. And God comes to us and He says to us, listen, I want to make you aware of something. I want you to see how sinful you are. And that turns people off and people don't like to hear that. But, and, and part of that is the church's fault. Because we concentrate so much on sin because it's everywhere we see it. It's in us, right? We are, we are aware of it. We, and, and, you know, and, and it's easy, easy on Easter to reflect back on Good Friday and those sins that nailed Jesus to the cross. And it's easy to recognize that some of those sins were mine and my sins put Jesus on the cross. So I, I can live in that awareness of Jesus' of Jesus's sacrifice and the need for that, that, that sacrifice for sin. But God wants to bring us through that. The Holy Spirit, as an act of mercy, comes to us and convicts us of our sin, shows us how much we fall short of God. And we finally come to the recognition of, man, I need a Savior. And then as we sang to open up the worship service this morning, we realize that God has indeed provided for us a Savior. Hallelujah, what a Savior. God has indeed provided for us a Savior who will deal with our sin. And so we turn to God aware of our sin and God says, I've got you right where I want you. I've got you right there aware of your sin and aware of the fact that I have provided for you to be redeemed from your sin. And God's act of mercy is to make us to feel bad about our sins. Now, not much comes from that feeling bad. We don't even like it, really, to be honest with you. I don't like to make people feel bad. Do you like to make people feel bad? Most of us don't like to make people feel bad. And when you tell somebody they're a sinner, even if they agree, they still feel bad about it. And, and even, even all these many years after I came to Christ, when someone reminds me of my sin, I feel bad about those sins. And I walk sometimes around with a sin awareness. And it's easy for us as believers to, to fall back into that sin awareness. That sin reminds us of our failure. It reminds us of our guilt. It reminds us of our brokenness, our dysfunction, and our shame. And we walk around aware of that. But Paul, when he talks to us about this, he says that the law, the Word, came to us to bring us as a school teacher to this knowledge that we are sinners. Repentance is the acknowledgement that I must change because even in my futility, I know I can't change completely, but I must change somehow to be better, less sinful. Not to earn anything from God, but just because He's a great God and He deserves better than me. There's a different level for us to live on this Easter season. We live in this sin awareness and it's easy to lock down into this sin awareness. And what happens when we're sin aware is that we are 
aware of sin and we preach on sin and we talk about sin and we point out our sin and we point out other people's sin and we live in this awareness that we are sinners and we, we, we deal with all the sin and everything about the church becomes sin awareness. We are aware of our sinfulness. And it struck me this week that the disciples never walked around in sin awareness. Point to me the Scripture in the book of Acts where the first century church gathered around a picture of the cross and felt bad about all the way they lived before they knew Jesus. They, don't, they never did it. You'll look in vain through the 20-something chapters in the book of Acts to try to find the place where they all commiserated about how hard it is to be a Christian or how difficult it is to, be, to struggle underneath the weight of the flesh. You'll find it very, very difficult to find any Scripture that even, even uh, remotely approaches that. Instead, we see something more wonderful. A new level beyond sin awareness. When I was a little boy, my mom would try to teach me things. And she would try to show me the way, why the way I was doing something was wrong. Did your parents do that to you? They didn't just yell, stop it, stupid. They, just, they, they, they would try to say, you see, the reason why that doesn't work is because whatever. They would give you their, and they would try to show you the mechanics behind it. Try to show you the, the necessity of, of doing it a different way. They would try to show you that there is something greater, something more powerful, something, something uh, some greater principle. I remember my dad did this thing with me, a project. The power of fulcrum. We were learning about gravity and the fulcrum lift. And then my dad did this thing where he got a couple pulleys and made this pulley lift system with a can of beans. The can of beans was heavy, 16 ounces, I'm thinking. And then, but when you hooked it up to the can, the pulley system made it light. You could pull it with one finger. You could, and he was showing me, you see the principle here is that the, the weight is being shared from pulley to pulley to pulley to pulley. And so as it's, you're cutting the weight in half, and you're, you know, and people use these in engine lifts and things like this in mechanics all the time. And so, but, but he was showing me why. I mean, how stupid would you be to try to walk over to your Buick and pick up, pick up the motor yourself, right? You would find some other way to do it, some other way to, to raise that up. And so God in His wisdom is trying to show us a different way. Come out of the sin awareness and enter into Easter awareness. Enter into Easter awareness. See, what we do see in the New Testament believers is that after the resurrection, their whole lives changed. They were dramatically changed. They weren't just feeling bad about the way they lived. They had walked with Jesus long enough to know that they are forgiven. Have you walked with Jesus long enough to know that you are forgiven? Have you walked with Jesus long enough to know that everything that the, that the Lord is trying to do in you doesn't end at the altar where you get saved? Our churches 
teach us to come to the altar, and that's great. We need to spend time at the altar. But we're not just getting ourselves right. We're, we're not just recognizing our sinfulness. We have to rise up from the altar and walk differently. And it doesn't make a difference what kind of church you attend, whether it's a high church or a low church, whether the music is fast or the music is slow, whether it's contemporary or gospel or whatever. It doesn't make any difference. It doesn't make any difference. My, my, my uh, uh, pastor told me, it doesn't make any difference how, how high you jump. It's how you walk when you land. Right? And we need to be a kind of people who understand that there's more to life than this sin awareness. Our churches are hammering uh, our, our sin over and over again. But listen to what this Easter awareness does to us. It makes us understand that God has something greater for us. Good Friday brought us forgiveness. We are thankful. And most of us live in that in-between stage between Good Friday, yeah, I know I'm forgiven, and Sunday, Easter awareness. We live on Saturday. Saturday where we're still trying to make sense out of the cross. Where we're still trying to figure out why, why do we still sin. While we're still trying to figure it out. Most of us live in between there. And we don't live with this Easter awareness. What is this Easter awareness? Easter awareness means I don't ever think about how guilty, shameful, broken, dysfunctional I am. Because I know that tomorrow, I will not be as dysfunctional as I am today. Because I am in process and God is working by His active Holy Spirit on the inside of me. When I am walking in Easter awareness, I am not thinking about me. I'm not thinking about me. Easter awareness is the ability to not think about you. It's not all about you. It's about something else. In Acts chapter 1, verse 1, Luke writes in the second volume a description of the first volume, the teachings of Jesus. He said, in my former book, O Theophilus, I have written to you about all that Jesus began to do and to teach. What Jesus began to do and to teach. In other words, what I'm telling you is Jesus began it. I know we sometimes think when Jesus cried out on the cross and He said, it is finished, that that had something to do with how we're supposed to live our life. And it does, but not in the way that we think. The work isn't done. The work has just begun. Easter awareness means I recognize that God has cleansed me from my past, erased me from all my guilt, has taken away all the shame in my life, has set me free because it's not about me, and that I am on a mission. You shall receive power so that you can be my witnesses. That's what He said. He told His disciples in Luke 24-49, don't go anywhere until you've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Make sure you have the Holy Spirit that you're clothed with power. Why? Because it's not about you. It's about all the people who are around you. 
It's about the people who you're going to eat with today. It's about the people who you're going to go to work and be working alongside tomorrow. And all these things that we are wrestling with in our own self, they can die on the vine. It's okay. You can have unfinished business in your soul but you, as long as you are Easter aware, then you begin to walk in the power of this Easter. You don't have to wallow any longer. You don't have to grovel in your sin any longer. You don't have to feel bad. I'm inviting you to come out of your sin awareness and come into the place where you don't have to feel bad about that anymore. You can just walk as if Jesus is... You can face anything if you are Easter aware. It doesn't make any difference. We have testimony right within this congregation of people who have pulled out guns on other, not, nobody from our church is pulling out guns, but they were pulled out guns on somebody in our church. And that person turns and knowing that Jesus is with them. Why? Because he's not in a grave somewhere. Because he's not locked up in a church prison someplace. He's with them. That person can say, Jesus is with me in the midst of that circumstance. They can face the most heinous offenses against them and forgive. Why? Because they're aware of this gracious King. People can face the most, most horrific diagnosis from a, from a, from a doctor and, and be able to say, but yet God is with me. They can look down the barrel of death and they can say, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, my God is with me. If all we do is wallow in our sin awareness, then we will feel bad. Right? And what is it when you feel bad? Let's just be honest. None of us in here deserves grace. So if we are always going to feel bad about the way we live our life, we're always going to feel bad about the things we used to do then when we come to the Lord in prayer, that's all the stuff that He has to dig through to get to our soul. I've heard people pray this. Oh Lord, I know we don't deserve it. And you know what I feel like God is saying in heaven when we say that? Duh. <laughs> Tell me something I don't know. Lord, you know, I don't deserve it because... Because I was a sinner and I was really bad and to be honest, sometimes I still sin and I still feel bad about that and I'm swallowing here in my shame and trying to feel good and hoping that someday my soul will be perfected here on earth. Friends, your soul's going to get better but it's never going to be perfected. You're always going to, if you just wallow in your sin awareness, it's like somebody feeling bad about something that they did 25 years ago. Right? You ever run into somebody who you went to high school with? and you realize that you pulled a dirty trick on them, right? I ran into a guy years ago that I'd stolen money from. Felt bad, didn't want to go up and say hi to him. But if I didn't say hi to him, then I would never be facing down my back, background. And I said, went up to him, I was in a hot dog place, and I said, hey, how you doing, remember me, blah, 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 you, you know. And he goes, yeah, man. How long has it been? I go, well, it's been since I stole that money from you. Let's put that right out. Put that right out there. 
I won't tell you what the money was for, but whatever. It's a different sin. But, I, you know, I, I, said, I just put it right out there and said, hey, you know, it's been since, since then. And, uh, and he laughed. Oh, man, remember that. Whatever happened to, and the conversation just went like that. And I could have felt bad and not addressed it. Hidden in the corner of the hot dog joint. And never acknowledged that thing. And never had the delight to see him ask me, what are you doing now? Still taking money from people. Every Sunday morning in an offering. You see, there... I'm a pastor. You're a pastor. Get the out, he said. That wasn't all that he said. He said some other things in there. You see, something happens to us when we confront Christ. Those of us who are spiritually unaware suddenly become aware of our sin. And we repent. But don't don't neg- negate Repentance. I got a family member that only wants to talk about how we're supposed to love in Jesus' name. And we are supposed to love in Jesus' name. But don't negate repentance. God's act of mercy sends His Spirit, according to John 16, to to come and convict the world of sin so that we'll feel bad about our sin. So that we'll say, man, I don't want to feel bad about my sin. So that we can be aware that Easter happened. What, what, is, what, is, what does it mean that Easter happened? It means that God heard what Jesus said. That teaching about how if you know me, you know I'll forgive you, and all that kind of stuff. God heard that. Saw all that Jesus did. And heard all that Jesus claimed to be. And when Jesus was dead, God had the opportunity to say, well, at least we're done with that heretic. But he didn't say that. He said, this is my beloved son. I will not let destruction stay on him. And he raised him from the dead. And when he raised Jesus from the dead, he vindicated the life and the teachings and the actions of Jesus. Who else has he done that for? No one else. He didn't do it for Buddha. He didn't do it for Muhammad. He didn't do it for anybody else. He only did it for Jesus. And when... when, When God raised Jesus from the dead, when God raised Jesus from the dead, the message to us is, you can believe everything He ever told you. You can trust Him for every act of power that He ever did for somebody else. That act of power is aware for you. You know what? We don't see see anything there that reminds us, remember, you're filthy, rotten sinners and you don't deserve anything. No, there's an awareness that says, I don't have to wallow in my sin anymore. Instead, I am on mission. I have been called to bear witness to the resurrected Christ that came and saved my life, that changed my life. This is the message of the empty tomb. The message of the cross is that you're a sinner and you can be forgiven. The message of the empty tomb is that there's a whole world out there that needs to know the message of the cross. 
And we should not concentrate ourselves entirely upon preaching sin. We don't have to celebrate our sinfulness. Yeah, some of us are addicts, some of us are broken, some of us are dysfunctional, some of us are screwed up, but we're getting better. In Jesus' name, we're getting better. Even if you have to say that by faith this morning, recognize that what it means that Jesus is not in the grave is that you're getting better. You're getting better. You're rising up with Christ. You are being lifted up from what you once were. I'm not saying that we aren't sinners. I know that we are sinners. But we're not just sinners. Look at your neighbor and say, you're not just a sinner. That's nice, huh? Have somebody tell you you're not just a sinner. 1 John 1.9 says this, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So I am not just a sinner. I am a sinner saved by grace. I'm a sinner who's been touched by the Lord. I'm a sinner who's experienced this grace. And grace, according to Titus chapter 2, verse 11, teaches me to say no to ungodliness and to worldly living. And it causes me to just keep on growing. Grace didn't perfect me. Grace started me down the road where I could remember that there's an Easter awareness that I walk in. That I am walking in the resurrection power of Christ. That Jesus never forsakes me. He never abandons me. Everywhere I go, the deepest low that I go through, the darkest valley that I go through, that deep momentary depression at the bottom of that pit where I go down to when I'm emotionally broken, when I get all the way down there, Jesus is there. And sometimes He lets me stay there for a while and then He'll say, what are we doing? Don't we got other things to do? Yes. Then get up and let's climb out of the pit. Let's struggle together. I'll be with you. I will never forsake you. I'll be with you. You'll be able to face whatever you have to face because the resurrected Christ is with you. I'm not just a sinner. I'm under new management. I'm a sinner saved. i am been redeemed. God's purpose to forgive and to heal and to strengthen and to glorify Himself in me and to prosper my soul and to bless my life and to give me wholeness. That, that message that God wants to give to me, that message is speaking. In fact, that's what, the, that's what the tomb is sending out. It's sending out this message. Listen, God has greater than you can imagine. God's work is beyond the cross. It's still working in you and God has something He wants you to do. I don't know why you are sitting here today. Why are, you, why are you not dancing in the street and celebrating that He is risen indeed? That everything that you were is not who you are. I don't know why we are here and not celebrating the fact that God has so radically changed our life that we are not the person we used to be. I'm not that mess. I'm walking in the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. So how do you know if you're Easter aware? If you're Easter aware, you're walking in Easter awareness, then you are building the kingdom. Everything is about the kingdom. Jesus, after He was resurrected, met with His disciples. He talked for 40 days about the kingdom. 
I'm sure they had many questions. I got questions. I don't completely understand the kingdom, but I do know that the kingdom that I'm a part of is not the kingdom of this world. It really doesn't make a difference who you vote for. The real important vote is the vote you took at the altar when you said, yes, Jesus. When you pulled the lever on Jesus, then all of a sudden that thing changed your life and it changes your thinking. In fact, if you were pulling the lever before you met Jesus, you might be pulling the lever in a different way after you meet Jesus. Your life would be changed and rearranged. People who are Easter aware are spiritual power brokers. Spiritual power brokers. I know that sounds haughty, but it's not. What would you do if I told you that on the way to church this morning, my wife and I were coming up, and as we came up to the parking lot, there was somebody there laying in the street, and they asked us for a dollar. And if we looked at that person and said, we don't have a dollar, but we have healing, rise and be healed in the name of Jesus. You would think that is the most arrogant statement. Speaking as if I am some form of spiritual power broker. But I say to you, every person who's living in faith is a spiritual power broker. It's exactly what happened in Acts chapter 3. When they came through the gate beautiful on the way up to the temple, Peter and John came up and he said, hey, give me some money. And they said, we don't have any money, but what we have we'll give to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Rise up and walk. They walked around as if they were people who had the spiritual power, not out there, not let me call the bishop, Not, wait, you got to pray these prayers and then we can talk about it. No, they, 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 they walked around as if they were people who had spiritual power in them, on them, and that they could dispense that spiritual power. In fact, uh, Pastor Seth read this passage of Scripture t- to us about, uh, I think it was in John 19, if I remember this morning. Whosoever sins you forgive, they are forgiven. You look that up later on if you want. He said that to his disciples. Now, whoever sins you forgive, they're forgiven. Wait. I thought Jesus did the forgiving. That's not what he said. He said, whoever sins you forgive. Pete, whoever sins you forgive, those sins are forgiven. That means you are a spiritual power broker. The people you work with can come to you, and you don't got to tell them, well, listen, come to 3409 Grove and we'll get you saved over there, you know, and then we'll walk. You can dispense forgiveness, right? Let's get away. Let's get that condemnation. See, God so wants the condemnation off of your friends. He wants them to get out from underneath the bondage of that sin that He's equipped you with the message of forgiveness. He wants you to have the freedom to be able to say, listen, in the name of Jesus. In other words, when I'm standing in the, in, as, as if Jesus is standing right in front of you, let me put my hands on your shoulders and say, be free in Jesus' name. You are forgiven. That person is just as forgiven as when they're anointed with oil by the bishop and they wave whatever kind of sloppy sauce they put all over them. And when that, 
You are the spiritual power broker. You have healing power with you. You are the one who you just have prayers to be answered. You are the spiritual power. Now, we don't like that because that makes people think that we're arrogant. So what do we do? We fall back into the sin awareness. Oh, we're all sinful. Everybody struggles. Doesn't it hurt to be a Christian? How could you even smile this morning? Look at what you did to Jesus. The perfect and flawless Son of God. Well, we could wallow in that for months, years, and some people do. Some churches make that their doctrine. But we are a church that is not about wallowing in our sin. Cut it off. Move on. Let's get healed. Let's move forward. Let's walk as if we are spiritual power brokers. That's the way it works. Some pastor would come to me, I'm sure, and say, well, don't you think we should feel bad? I'm tired of feeling bad. I feel glad this morning. Glad that I'm walking with the resurrected power of Christ on my life. Now, I recognize my feet still touch the ground. Right? My feet still touch the ground. I still go through trials. This morning as the sun was rising, we were having our coffee on the deck. My wife and I talked about the reality of God with us. God with us doesn't always exempt you from trials. Come on, you know this to be true. But it means that you don't go through the trial alone. It means Jesus is always there with you. Him never forsaking you, never leaving you, never, never abandoning you doesn't mean that you never go through trials. You go through trouble. You go through tribulation. You go through the circumstances that will try your faith and you will wonder what's going on, but suddenly the recognition that Jesus is there with you is enough to comfort you and get you through the end. You're... you're Walking in Easter awareness when you're unafraid to dispense grace to other people. See, when you're walking in sin awareness, you just want grace to make sure. I just want to, just want to make sure I'm covered with the, you know, I want to make sure I'm going to make it to heaven. I've, I've been tithing for 25 years. I want to make sure I'm going to make it to heaven. Otherwise, there's a lot of things I could have spent that money on. I, I, I'm trying to live my life for the Lord. I want to make sure I'm doing it right. Listen, it's not about grace for you anymore. I mean, if you don't know Jesus, you need grace. If you know Jesus, you've got grace. Put it in your pocket and walk around with it. A couple weeks ago, somebody gave me some money. That was a good day. You ever have days like that where it's a good day? You're about ready to send your pants to go through the wash and you think, well, let me just check because you never know. The Holy Ghost could leave money in there. You don't know. <laughs> Sometimes you reach in and you find, the other day I found two 20s in my pants before I sent them. Because if I send those two 20s down to the wash, those two 20s never come back. <laughs> when we get to heaven, we're going to find out what she did with all those socks. 
and how much she owes me. That's what we're going to find out. But, so, but when you find the 20s, it's like redemption. Right? You take those 20s out of, that, that pocket, out, of, out of the pocket of those jeans. Somebody hands you money, you take that money, and you take that money, and what do you do? You stick it in your own pocket. That's ownership. Come on now. Right? You lay that on the... You lay that on your dresser when you get home. That could take a walk. One of your kids could come and grab that. They come home with something shiny and new, and you wonder, how'd they get that? You don't know. Where'd that come from? When you get old like me, you can't even remember if you had money. You get old like Ron, you wonder, whose kids are those? The issue for us is, God's given you grace. Put it in your pocket. Put that grace in your pocket. Walk around like you got some. Walk around like you got some. And when somebody cuts you off on the road, you go, mm. God gave me some grace. I'll give them some grace. Come on now. Somebody gets up in your face in a restaurant, and they want to go nose to nose. God was gracious to me. <laughs> you ever do this as a Christian? You say, I want to tell you something right now. God's been good to me, but 25 years ago, I would box your ears right now, right here. And you, want to, you want to give a testimony of how bad you used to be? You go back to that sin awareness. <laughs> oh, I was bad. I would give you a old ninja kick or something. But no. We're walking in Easter awareness. We recognize what we have. We are walking with grace to give. You're going to eat with family members. My God, if you ever needed grace to give, you're going to need it today. Somebody who votes different than you, somebody who thinks your Jesus was a joke, is going to say something to try to tick you off. Be gracious. Just wink at him and say, Happy Easter. If you're walking in Easter awareness, you have to be willing to be identified with having been with Jesus. That's what they said about the disciples. Yeah, they're weirdos. But they were with Jesus. So, keep your eyes on those guys. They were with Jesus. If you're living in Easter awareness, then you know that you've already got your marching orders in the morning when you spent time with the resurrected one. When you were praying this morning and speaking to the risen one. When you were thanking him for pulling you out of the pit that you once were in. Now thank him for the road that he's called you to walk on. You see, he's given you the power to live that life, to dispense with grace, to be a spiritual power broker, to be able to give to other people, be able to love people. And you'll be weird. I don't know why it is we want to be able to say, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And we would get so tickled, right? right? right you, raise, you would lay hands on somebody. I can remember people I laying hands. remember this one gal who she couldn't uh, conceive. And... She came forward after the service and she said, Pastor, you know, we're trying to conceive a baby and 
just not working. Would you pray? And Sure. Because I'm a pastor. Because I'm a spiritual power broker. I didn't feel particularly spiritual. I didn't feel like God had given me a word or anything at that moment. I said, sure. Have your husband put his hand on your tummy and I put my hand on her hand and I prayed in Jesus' name that she would get pregnant. I know how it works, but I pray in Jesus' name. (laughs) In Jesus' name that she would conceive a child. She did conceive a child. You know, I look, think back to uh, whenever one of you people come up with a sniffle or something and say, Wait, Pastor, would you pray for me? I think about that. The times when I wasn't prepared, but when the God answered all of a sudden just because He wants to use us as spiritual power brokers. He wants us to be able to dispense grace. I am encouraged by that in, in my life. This is me walking back to my notes trying to figure out why am I talking about this. So, so we go, back, we go back to try to understand why is it that God wants to use us? Because that's how He gets the greatest glory. We need to get weird. We, we can't be the people who lay hands on people and they recover and have the world think we're totally normal. You want it both ways. I found when you stand with one leg on each side of the fence, it's uncomfortable that you have to choose which side of the fence you're going to be on. And if, if you choose the Jesus side, if you say, okay, Lord, I want to be, I want to walk in Easter awareness, I want to live as though the risen Christ is with me every day, then I'm going to have to change my perspective. I'm going to have to, I'm going to, have to get weird so people, you don't have to be any weirder than you already are probably. But I'm going to have to be unafraid of having people say that I'm weird. The other day somebody walked in and said, oh, you're wearing cowboy boots. Yeah. I'm okay. That's okay. I don't mind that. That doesn't bother me. If, some, if, 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 if you're afraid that somebody's going to single you out, you can't do anything for Jesus. Oh, pastor. They said nobody likes me. And that my mother dresses me funny. <laughs> We're walking with the risen one. I don't really care. Really, I, mean, I don't care. Yeah, I want to be well thought of. Everybody wants to be well thought of. But you know what? I really don't care. This is the beauty of old age. You care less and less about what people think, right? I used to say, well, what am I going to wear on Easter? I'm going to wear the same thing I wore last week. (laughs) Why? Half of them weren't there last week. (laughs) Where where was I? Where was I? I I was preaching. If you want to be walking in Easter awareness, you have to be committed to the house of God. Boy, that dovetailed together, didn't it? (laughs) The word, the fellowship, the food, the food, the food, I'm sorry. The comfort of being around people who believe like you after you've been witnessing to people who believe completely different than you. To be able to come in and have somebody go, no, bro, you're right, man. Jesus did do that. He does love you. He does care about people. You are a spiritual power broker, no matter what those people at work say. But somebody to encourage you to come alongside you, to lift you up. 
and the expectation to know that when just two of us gather together in his name, we need to have high expectations. Because God breaks through whenever two or three are gathered in his name. He's there present with us. If you want to be Easter aware, you have to also recognize that as important as the church is, it isn't the building. Ain't no building going to hold us down. Our Christianity doesn't stop. Jesus doesn't stop at the door saying, boy, I wish I could come with you the rest of the week. But you're on your own. I hope it goes well for you, but I've got a word for you. Duck and cover. It's not what Jesus does. He walks out with you. He gets in that old jalopy of a car. He watches it barely start. He watches you go to the place where you're going to eat and you drop a track and you tip graciously because God's given you grace. You tip graciously to your server and you tell them about Jesus. Ask them what you can pray for in their life and you represent Christ wherever you go. See, it's in the everyday mundane things that God wants to work in your life. Not just in the four walls. I love these stained glass windows. I love this building. I'm, I, I, I just love to sit in here and pray. But God oftentimes when I'm sitting in here praying says, get up and get out. We need to be out there in the, in the community, in the places where we live and work, telling people about Jesus. Remember, it's about all that Jesus began to do and to teach. That's what the Gospel is about. But we are writing Acts 35. We are writing what God is doing through us. We are living out the life of people who live in resurrection power. Lots of different kinds of people in this building this morning. Some who are completely spiritually unaware. Some who are sin aware. So convicted of their sin that they don't even like to come to church because it makes them feel bad. And then there's those of us who are growing into an Easter awareness. God wants to raise you up in that Easter awareness. Would you bow your head with me? Thanks for listening. We hope you were blessed by today's podcast. We take pride in creating free content that will hopefully enrich your life and lead you closer to the heart of the Father. If you are blessed by what you heard today, help us continue to make content just like this by sharing, subscribing, and if you feel led, by contributing financially on our website, berwinag.org. As always, if there's anything that we can do to help you in your walk with the Lord, contact us on our website, berwinag.org, or on social media at berwinag. Thanks again for listening, and God bless.